world, where art is often viewed as a meaningful escape, many do not realise the horrendous abuse of power some of these artists had. Today, I will be talking about the romanticisation of Picasso and how a man so cruel could be easily overlooked as a result of his talents. And Maya will be talking about Van Gogh and how he was so easily misunderstood. Over his lifetime, Picasso had many lovers and wives. There is about seven in total that have been recorded to have suffered horrendous abuse from him. Picasso, a world-renowned artist. But many would not be aware of the hidden misogynistic statements and dark past of abuse that he has left behind in his legacy. Should we separate the art from the artist? Before we get into this topic, today I would like to give a trigger warning for any listeners that although we are not going into severe detail on what we will be discussing today, the topics can be quite heavy and viewer discretion is advised. Get into this. Picasso. Just on the off chance that you've never heard of him before, I'm just going to do a brief little summary on his life. Picasso was a Spanish artist living mainly in France for all of his life, and he was one of few artists who actually became famous before he died, because it is quite common for artists, after they pass on, to become world famous and recognised for their talents. Most times, and since the Renaissance, artists typically only became famous after they died and left their legacy there to whoever would find it. So he was a rare exception, although since it was the 1900s, I'm pretty sure that has something to do with it. He is responsible for Cubism and that movement that became very popular and apparent in all art cultures now. We study that as a result. It is the form of taking a picture apart and cubing different pieces so that it can be viewed in different perspectives and angles as a complete different painting each way. Most of his art can be seen as abstract and some of his most famous paintings were The Weeping Woman that was painted in the 1937 and The Girl Before Mirror, which was painted in 1932. Picasso had seven main styles throughout his art career and those seven styles have been allegedly attributed to the seven main women that we will be discussing today, although we won't be going through every little piece of the relationships between Picasso and these women. We'll be discussing the effects that he has had on said women. Although he is known typically as a genius in the art world, in reality and relationships, it was quite the opposite. The seven main women that we will be discussing is Fernand Olivier, Eva Gouil, Olga Kekalova, Maria Therese Walter, Dora Maar, Francois Guillot, and Jacqueline Rogue. Olga was his first wife and she bared his only legitimate child. Two of the women mentioned here, Jacqueline Roque 
and Marie Therese Walter, who was the youngest out of all of these women, when he began having a relationship with her, both took their own lives as a result of the abuse that they received. It is said that Picasso became very violent and very possessive of these women. He used them as his muses, which meant that they would often be put in different positions and situations that they might not feel comfortable with. As he became older, even into his 90s, he always went after women who were in their early 20s. His last wife was Jacqueline Rogue, who ended up taking her own life after standing by him throughout the rest of his life. Many of these women, as a result of the abuse they received, ended up having tremendous mental health effects. It took a toll on their lives and they could never fully move on from what they had suffered behind closed doors. The only woman who seemed to thrive after leaving Castle was Francois Guillaume, who is now 99, wrote a memoir and suffered the immense atrocity of being blacklisted in the artistic world due to Picasso being a coward. So let's discuss Galo's life. Galo met Picasso when she was in her early 20s as a law student and aspiring painter. When she got in with him, she quickly learned that life was not going to be easy. She bared a child with him, but things got progressively worse. She knew herself that she had to leave. This was no life that she could live. Castle never believed that she could leave on her own accord, and he laughed many times as recounted in an interview. He couldn't fathom the idea of someone leaving him instead of him having the power over them. So when she finally left him, all he said to her was Merd. She went on to write her memoir, recounting all the atrocities and abuse that she received, such as being threatened on a balcony with a cigarette to her face so he could brand her. But Gillow did not want to conform to this abuse. As she wrote this memoir, Picasso tried desperately, but failed horrendously, to stop her from putting this out. So, since he had power, in the art industry, he blacklisted her. Which if you don't know what blacklisting is, it's the same in the film industry. Basically, it is a way of stopping that person from getting work or roles if an agent, for example, deems them unfit to play something or they don't have the talent or any particular reason. Sometimes people get blacklisted for absolutely no reason, and we can see this with Gil- Gilo. She got blacklisted simply for rebelling against Picasso because he had a power dynamic that he wanted to keep his women in his head. They were his women, not women on their own, not individuals. He wanted to keep all of his dark past between them. So he didn't like when someone wanted to rebel because this isn't something that he was used to with these women. 
and the fact that Gillow was also just as talented made his blood boil. So he managed to blacklist her, but she has thrived since because she was determined and independent and she wasn't going to take this line down. Gillow ended up having many famous works herself, such as her self-portrait, Figure in the Wind. She also adopted a very unique art style, which can be easily distinguished. But this ties into the argument, once again. Should we separate the art from the artist? Here are just a few examples I've given you of abuse that has followed a man his whole life. Yet people still worship the paintings and sculptures and artistic properties that he's made. Not many people know of the past that he so desperately tried to hide before his death. And this is practically as a result of museums and other historical buildings hiding this fact because simply no one wants to hear the sad tragedy that a figure they love is actually a monster. I think the best possible thing we can do with these artists is to not monetize them and give them a platform to a much larger extent than they already have. Although Picasso has already passed on, this is a difficult decision to make with his art. We have the internet now. And although I don't condone you going out and always just printing online and not monetizing some artists' work, I honestly urge everyone, if you see a small artist page on any forum or accounts, please support those people who need it. But in the case of Castle, don't monetize his work. I don't recommend that this is a good thing, but this is just an example. If you were so desperate to get a print of his work, you can easily search online Picasso prints or the painting or work, anything along those lines that you want and you can easily print it off. Or if you're the artistic type, like myself and Maya, you can recreate the work. I think that is really beneficial because you are not monetizing his pieces. You are not feeding into this false narrative that museums and other historical buildings seem to be playing into of not exploring the dark depths behind these artists. Had articles from the independent art space, The Guardian, not come out, I would have never been aware of anything that we've discussed today. And although, as I said, we didn't go into extreme detail, just an overview. There is so much more that I actually didn't even want to talk about because I thought it was too dark for a podcast like this. But you can easily search those websites with the links. We can put them down below to these articles. And they can facilitate what you need to find out. But in my personal opinion, I don't think you can separate the art from the artist in the sense of Picasso. Because whenever I see his work, I'm always going to think 
of all the horrible things that man has done. There are certain exceptions, although it's very hard to not conform and completely forget about everything. Because if you keep yourself educated and you're aware, you're always going to know of everything that has happened. With the internet nowadays, we can have so much research on topics such as Picasso. This was published in books. This is not new information. This is all old news, but repurposed because no one wanted to hear it. There's this bias of privilege that stops artists and actors and film directors and TV stars, famous historians, literary, any profession you can think of, and anyone who is very recognisable. There is not one person in any of those industries whose past you can't find. But there is a certain privilege that stops this information from being passed out to the general public. And nine times out of ten, people don't genuinely want to hear of the dark reality that faces us behind many of these people that we know of. We might be aware of what has happened in the past, but we don't want to accept it because people are afraid of the unknown and thinking different for certain opinions. And I genuinely understand that because it is a very difficult thing to try and wrap your head around it. But personally, the next time I see a Picasso painting, I won't be thinking of buying one anytime soon. A, they're way too expensive. <laughs> B, I will just be thinking of everything I discussed today. But instead, of monetizing Picasso, I think I'm gonna become the next world-renowned artist. Just watch out for MKB. I will be plastered all over these museums and you will say, oh yes, TY student at Banagher College, that's hers. So that's my segment done. I hope you enjoyed this. It is very dark. I am so sorry. You probably wanted more of a pick-me-up, but I hope my energy now is some sort of pick but I pass you over to Maya, who's going to be talking about Van Gogh. I'm talking about the dark side of Vincent Van Gogh. Mostly about the romanticization, got it there, of his depression and death. Now, a brief kind of catch up for any of you who might really know. Vincent van Gogh was a Dutch Impressionist painter um, who was mostly known for his paintings Sunflower and Starry Night. Um, it is in about 10 years of painting, he managed to paint about 2,100 artworks, I think it was. Oh my um, god. Yeah, and included about 860 oil paintings. I thought uh, it was around 200. No, no, no. Uh, most of which he painted in the last two years of his death. 
Well, before his death, that yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's actually mad to think about how many people. Another one of his famous poems. Um, where he unfortunately cut off his ear, left ear. Many people. I'm getting into I'm getting into conspiracies now. Now disclaimer: so these go. are legend. We're not sure if these are true, but we do have sources to back this up. Exactly. If you want those sources, please contact us. If we list them, it will be too long. Um, <laughs> we're not making this up on the spot. Like... Um, yeah. Most people say that, not most people say that, the cause of him cutting off his ear was because he was a bound of very, very bad depression. And it was just, and he met this woman, this um, lady of the night, for lack of a better word. Um, we're trying to keep it. Don't do profanity here. Exactly. Um, yeah. They say that he cut off part of his, well, no. Some people say he cut off part of his ear. Some people say he cut off all of his ear. But either way, a lot of people agree that uh, he cut off in order to wound this lady of the night that he had met. Um, he didn't succeed. Just I wouldn't have thought he did. No, I just felt like I had to put that out in there in case, like, um, <laughs> don't try this guy. Try. <laughs> don't try this at home. It is not very romantic. As a girl, my someone cut off their ear to woo me, I would be running in the complete opposite direction. So, unless you really want to, like, make someone go away from you, please don't try. Actually, just don't try this at home. At all. <laughs> you don't want to do it yourself. You don't want to do that. Anyways. Um, the other answer, I guess, people have as to why he cut off his ear, um, actually lies with a dispute um, from his friends, um, who was also an artist at the time. This is the old theory that I would have heard of before, actually. Oh, yes, you can suppress me not. <laughs> oh, no, uh, I remember when we were growing up with this one. And the fact that he cut it off himself for the two most common. No one really knew which one to choose, so it would kind of float around between the two as an explanation. Um, they say that it happened in Paris when he got this. The, the, sorry. Well, after. Didn't take it very well. <laughs> just, just, just <laughs> in the toss. No, no, just, just, just wanted to put that out there. Um, he didn't take it very well. 
Um, yeah. Well, it's friend Paul. Um, well, I likely remember his surname. That's not good. Um, yeah. After their confrontation, their friendship ended, and Van Gogh just decided, you know what? Um, how to put this lightly? The process of getting rid of this ear will make me feel better. It's the way I can do it without potentially triggering someone. I am so sorry. It's a coping I, mechanism, basically. Yeah. It's to feel something. Yeah. We're using the trigger words. Yeah, we don't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable here, even though the topics we are discussing are a, a direct nature. We don't want to make anyone feel like they can't listen to the podcast because of this. We're trying to keep this just educational and for all audience. <laughs> um, this theory that Vincent was a troubled genius who shot himself in the wheat field. This is supported by a statement by Adeline Rebeau, the daughter of Gustave, the inn owner. Um, no. had gone toward the wheat field where he had painted before. During years, my father understood it. The coolness of the night revived him. On all fours, he looked for the gun. But he could not find it. Then, and climbed down the hillside to return to our house. This was followed by a statement by Van Gogh, who said, I wounded myself in the fields. I shot myself with a revolver. I not accuse anyone. It is I who wanted to kill myself. Later on, as he lay in his bed dying, Vincent would look confused, and he would be asked by his brother, Did you intend to commit suicide? Where Vincent would reply, I think so. This theory has many speculations on whether or not it is true. As there is no autopsy, the exact location of the shooting is unidentified, and five hours are unaccounted for. As well as this, the placement of the um, wound was an odd position, as it was between his ribs. It would have been very uncomfortable and strange if Vincent was to aim for his heart. As well as this, the fact that the bullet meant there was distance between Vincent and the gun, more than he could have achieved on his own. So it would have went straight through him, wouldn't it, if it was closer up? The third is that he had, quote-unquote, dropped the gun so far out of his reach that when he came to, he couldn't finish himself off. Um, and if he had been shot several hours before, his wound would have been much broken. As well as this, at the time, revolvers were... No one knows where he would have obtained the gun, and no one would admit to selling or lending him. After the incident, both the gun and 
he had brought earlier had vanished. And although Vincent joked about suicide before, um, where he told his brother Theo that he would cease to be if he ever felt a nuisance to him, um, Vincent was a religious man, calling it wicked and demonstration of moral cowardice. And he was quoted to say, I really do not think I am a man with such inclinations. I can understand people drowning themselves. Vincent only ever thought suicide as a tough it would be more than the other ways. And finally, his brother Theo found no evidence to say Vincent was no student wanted anyone to read. However, there is another theory. Okay. However, there's another theory. Vincent was shot by some local boys and that he wanted to protect their identities. Van Gogh was often ostracized because of his because his hair was like messy and kind of like cruelly um, if I may say <laughs> so. Exactly. Um, like he had very unkempt hair and he didn't really care about his clothes either. He just kind of went as he was. Um, kind of course for one year as well. Was... Yeah, even though, you know, he wasn't always like that. But that did... That did help in people not wanting to be near him when it happened. Um, and he was often bullied by the local boys who pretended to be nice to gain his trust, then pull pranks on him, like pouring salt in his coffee and rubbing chili pepper on a paintbrush that he uh, tended to suck. Box of painting supplies. Oh my god. Um, Fingers. I don't want to know what type of snake that is. Well, I don't think it was like a cobra or something there now, Megan. <laughs> what if they put an anaconda? Or what's the, what was the snake that we looked up before? Remember, it was that snake against Meg. Titanoboa. <laughs> Titanoboa. Oh my god. I just have to. Yeah, I don't. That would be scary though. Imagine. (laughs) Also, Megan, bear in mind where this was, please. (laughs) Anyway, sorry, continue. I I don't think you're going to find a Titanoboa in France. (laughs) Um, There's a thing called (laughs) importation. There's a thing called the internet. No, Megan. No. No importation. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I Have heard you. you. I just could have sworn you are going to say the internet. Oh. <laughs> I actually am going to do that when I get you to do the information. <laughs> <laughs> One of the 
boys, one of the local boys, Rene Secretan, uh, said, Our favorite game making him angry, which was easy. Can I just say, straight off the bat, don't like this kid. Um, no. That, I, I don't understand why they had such a vendetta against yeah they, yeah, they just took advantage of someone who just seen the good in other people and was struggling. Like, I know, like, different now people are generally more accepted than they were then, but come on. Like, how is there ever, like, a point in time where people were just thinking, ah, yes, I like to book. It makes me happy. They're probably jealous of his talents, let's be real. Actually, actually, I was planning on getting into this a little bit late. What, um, Renee? Oh, Gaston. I know, I was thinking of Disney too. Cue um, <laughs> musical entrance. No, um, Gaston was an inspiring artist. Don't laugh. Yo, continue. Gaston was an inspiring artist. Um, who Vincent had the, you know, was kind of a friend to him. So he decided to just endure with Renee and his friends and his pranks just to continue being friends with Gaston. Van Gogh. So, Renee. Go away, please. Yeah. Um, I was talking about something, wasn't I? Ah, yes. So, murdered him. Yes, yes. Um, Rene was kind of eccentric, and both, well, obviously, if Rene came from a rich family, Gaston would, but the Secretan brothers came from a rich family. Um, and Rene watched Buffalo Bill in Paris and came back with a complete Western costume, including a a uh, 380 caliber pistol. So, you know, kind of leaping places now. Um, <laughs> spoiler alert, right sorry. Yeah. Um, it is thought that Vincent may have quarreled with the brothers um, on Bushy Road and they may have accidentally fired the gun, striking him in the abdomen. Because, um, like I said, Rene, eccentric guy, never went anywhere without that gun. Like, once he was told, he was both. Um, and actually, um, whether or not he did it on purpose, um, just to annoy Rene or not, um, Vincent often called um, Rene Puffalo Pill <laughs> as opposed to Buffalo Pill. Um, if you did, I can definitely purpose, tell that was an irritating. Yeah, it drove Renee nuts. He was 
Na. Yeah. It is then said that Van Gogh stumbled back to the inn where he covered for the two boys. Um, which is nice of him if that's the case, but also Renee deserves it. I don't want to say it again. No, he didn't deserve uh, that. It is said that the boy may have collected a strong evidence might remain. This theory is supported by witnesses saying they saw Vincent leave it and shut the mall and not towards the field where he... that road leads to a spot where Renee liked to fish. It's possible the boys went met Van Gogh while returning home. They went into a farmyard where he was shot. This was also easier to return from and the steep uh, mile-long trek from the fields where Vincent van Gogh said to be. In wake of the shooting, uh, René and Gaston fought from town, and when they returned, no longer had the gun. Asked decades later, René said Vincent stole it from him. Explains the odd entry point of the bullet as... Like I said, it's a lot easier for a bullet to enter somewhere like that if you don't shoot yourself. Um, it also explains the lack of a note um, and why the painting equipment was Yeah, because yeah. I feel like he would have told Theo because they were very close and he always felt in debt to him since he did help him out money-wise a lot and he really loved his brother. I don't think he would have done that. And then if his brother asked him further down the line, I genuinely don't think he'd say, oh, I don't know if I did. Like Maybe it could have been a spur of the moment thing. But at the same time, I feel like he would have tried to give his brother some bit of closure. Exactly. Vincent, his brother ever had, was Vincent's brother saying, hey, look, um, I want to move to this place with my wife. I can give you a bit of money. And Vincent didn't want that. He didn't want to be a burden. So he said, no, I don't want your money. That was the biggest confrontation they had. So it just shows how close they were. He was always willing to help his brother. It went both ways. Exactly. Um, it also explains and why he didn't shoot himself in the head. So that would have been a faster way and easier. This is also supported by in the end. Sorry, just add on. Um, as Vincent's work began to gain notoriety in the 1930s, a couple of an art historian that young boys shot Vincent on accident, and that Vincent protected their identity for fear they'd be accused of murder. Which is, um, the on-the-nose, you know, this theory. Like, who correct? Um, if it's true.
I'm sorry that the audio seemed to cut out towards the end. We have no idea why the recording ended up this way, but a brief summary on what we were talking about with Van Gogh. Towards the end, we were discussing the theory that he may or may not have been murdered by young boys who lived around the area of the wheat field that he often went to paint. It is said that art historians and people who lived around as locals and people who owned shops often stated that it was young boys who killed Van Gogh but he covered for them out of a random act of kindness. Whether this theory is true or not, everything that we have mentioned is all alleged in this story. So if you enjoy this podcast, please give it a like. But that's it from me and Maya and we've been Art History, What They Don't Want You To Know.